Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in! Surprise, surprise, we are going live on a Sunday immediately after the Saturday games of week one of college football. We still have Notre Dame, Florida State left. We still have Ole Miss and Louisville left. But we wanted to get in and discuss some of the happenings from Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and, and kind of discuss where we see the college football landscape right now. I see a few people have jumped in. You know, this is a surprise live show, so if anybody wants to jump into the chat, you can do so now if you are on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, uh, Periscope, whatever. Toss it out there. Just anything that you want to say. We will be going through them. I have a list of games that I want to get to, and uh, and hopefully everybody is feeling okay after this weekend. Um, Chris, I know it's, it's been a rough, uh, rough few hours. Rough, uh, you know, 24 hours, I guess. Um, but, you know, the good news is it's only week one. We got a long ways to go. And most of these were not conference games. Now, some of them were conference games, and we we're going to discuss those as well. Go ahead and give you the rundown. WinningCuresEverything.com is the website. You can subscribe everywhere that you need to right there. The podcast, the YouTube feed, etc. So make sure that you do that, and you can also find where to, uh, where to find us. So let me switch over to those and now we are set up so that you'll know exactly uh how to follow us on twitter so i'm right there on the address chris is on the address as well and i'm feeling a little rushed i, I don't know why i'm feeling i'm feeling like i'm going fast do i do i sound fast yep yep <laughs> all right i need to calm it down need to calm it down but here's the deal uh there is there's a lot of football that happened on thursday friday and saturday so we're not going to get to all of it but we are going to get to as many as we possibly can. So these reactions are going to be relatively quick. Um, going forward, there may not be as many big games, as many big topics to discuss. So when we record and do our Monday shows, uh, there will be less topics regarding college football, and we'll toss in more NFL as well going forward. So uh, go ahead and tell you that the show is brought to you by BetUS. Where the game begins, get 125% deposit bonus by using the promo code NCAAF2021. There is a link in the description for the podcast and the YouTube, so go ahead and check that thing out. And uh, I do a college football show for BetUS. Chris does a college football show for SBR, and you can find both of those in the description as well. Uh, Chris, before we get started, um, just overall thoughts on the weekend. Uh, nobody is super impressive right now. I tend to agree. There is no dominating faction. There's nobody that looked like they were just unbelievable, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's it. I, I did not see any national championship winners from week one. 
I, I'll tell you this. I don't think anybody's coming undefeated. I mean, when I say anybody, I don't think anybody. I agree. I agree. I just don't we, we see will it. We will not have an undefeated team this year. There were, I just don't think that. Maybe, maybe a small G5 school, you know, might get really good and, and hot and, and, and win their conference to go undefeated. But I just – I think we're going to see the most chaotic year we've seen in a long time. I think so. Everybody has flaws. Everybody. Yes. And I'm, I'm excited about that because it does mean that there is chaos. There is a lot going on. So, uh, with that said, you know, let's, let's dive into game one. And Georgia 10, Clemson 3 was the final. And it all was won on a turnover. A pick six, DJ Uyangalele throwing the ball to Justin Ross. Justin just ran a bad route. Uh, you, you were supposed to get back into the flat, and you're supposed to go fight for the football in that spot. That was the game or the play that turned the game around. And other than that, well, it was the only score. Well, yeah, both defenses pitched. Both defenses pitched a shutout. This was uh, this was surprising. The total EPA for both of these. So I'm going to be using a lot of advanced stats. EPA is expected points added for those that that want to figure it out. But there's a, a new site that's out, GameOnPaper.com. EPA for Clemson for this game, total EPA was negative 32.77. George's was negative 12.68. I will tell you this. Um, DJ, I, I, I do think that he's okay. He he made some big throws, but their offensive line, I mean, I brought this up when we did the show on Friday. Their offensive line is, is not good. Now, it could be the fact that they were going against George's defensive line, and I don't know that their offensive line is going to have nearly as many problems throughout the rest of the ACC schedule. But, but hang on now. Whoa. Oh. That, the, those two things aren't just necessarily related. Their offensive line could still be really bad. Yes. And still not struggle with anybody in the ACC. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. Like I don't, So, so I don't think yes, Georgia's defense is great, and they won't play another defense that good. But even when they play, they won't even play a good defense the rest of the time. I, I tend to agree. Um, I, I will say this. I also think Georgia has set themselves up to go undefeated the rest of the way. The only issue that I'm seeing with Georgia, those wide receivers did not impress me. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just, I just, I don't think we're getting anybody undefeated. I don't I think don't. so either. There were major flaws with both of those teams. Georgia did look good. Clemson, their defense did look really good. JT Daniels, not great. Did not have a lot of touch on some of those passes that you really need to have. I, I mean, there's flaws with both of these teams. It, it was, I, I will tell you this, as an old man, I kind of enjoyed the, the slugfest that was going on there. Um, I just, I, it, it reminded, it was the, the Penn State-Wisconsin concept of play defense, let the other team make the mistake. And it, it, it was old school way of doing it, but. I don't I, know that that was it. I think, I think this was a situation where neither one of these offenses were good. I, like yes, both agreed. of these defenses are very good. Not taking anything away from that. I think when both of these offenses play good defenses, they both struggle. I don't think JT – everybody said JT Daniels was going to be the, the the bell of the ball for the SEC. And I just – I never understood that. I, I don't think that just because you're the returning guy from last year means anything. Um, you know, he is good, not great. And, and that offense is good, not great. Yeah. No, it, it, you are like there's not a right. defense that's probably going to shut them down again completely and keep them out of the end zone an entire game. But there's a lot of good defenses in the NF in the SEC that that will slow them down and give them problems offensively. 
Yes, so 100%. Like, if Florida can score, like, I don't think that Georgia can score enough to keep up with Florida. So Yeah, it's, no, I, that, I'm telling you, I like my – I'm still good with my Florida pick in the SEC East. I can uh, I can understand that. I'm so, not wor- I'm not worried right now because I think they can score, and and I don't know that Georgia can can win a shootout with anybody. I might be wrong. It's week one. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's definitely week one. Um, and it, you could you could certainly tell it all day on Saturday. You, you people were playing sloppy. Oh my goodness. So Kirby Smart does get the monkey off his back. He does win one of these big time games. Does that change the perception of him? Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, well, it's it's better than losing another one, right? Yes, yes. Like, I mean, that's the biggest thing is 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 winning helps. Does it completely absolve all of your flaws and coaching mistakes? I don't know. You've screwed up about six games in the past, all right? Yeah. So you've won a big one, and you've lost about six. So, you know, you'll get another chance this year in the cocktail party. That, that'll be a big game. At some point in time, they'll probably end up playing another big game. We just don't know what that is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you're you're right. Uh, let's move to the Big Ten. Like I said, these are going to be kind of rapid fire here. Penn State 16, Wisconsin 10. Did you get to watch this one? Watched all of it. This was an ugly, ugly game. Uh, 0-0 at the half. That is the first time that has happened in a Big Ten game since Michigan and Northwestern in 2014. That's pretty nuts to think about, but it makes perfect sense with, with these two teams. Uh, Wisconsin ran way more plays. They basically dominated the game for the most part. Uh, as far as EPA per play, uh, they they did better. It was still negative, negative .08 per play, and Penn State was negative .17 per play. Uh, what that means effectively is uh, every play, they were basically <laughs> almost losing points per play. I mean, it's, it's insane. But uh, the biggest stat here was Wisconsin got into the red zone four times, only scored seven points. They got one touchdown. The, the Graham Mertz interceptions are, are inexcusable. And somehow, James Franklin, even without dominating this game, their defense found a way to keep them in it. And and they come out with a win on the road at Camp Randall. Like, this was not super surprising, but I I, I take that back. It was, it was pretty surprising to me that Penn State, with the way that they looked all day, were able to come out with a win. And it just goes to show... If you don't have that explosive playmaker on offense, it's going to cost you at some point because Wisconsin does not have a, a Quintez yeah. Cephas type. They, they don't have the, the Dotson uh, kid from Penn State. They just don't. And while you can go the entire game and basically dominate, you are going to get caught at some point needing to score a, a touchdown. You need an easy score somewhere, and Penn State was able to get that, and Wisconsin wasn't. What uh, What did you or think Or you just it? need to take the pressure off the defense, off the offensive line, take the pressure off. But punish the defense from putting pressure so hard that that you when you take the top off the defense, when you have these big, huge monster plays for 45, 50 yards, it, it slows the defense down considerably. Yes. When the defense knows that you can't do that, there is zero reason for them to ever take their foot off the gas. Yeah, it, and that's, that's exactly what it felt like in this situation. Like, you just needed something to happen good for you if you're Wisconsin, and every time they would get down there, they just found a way to, to screw it up. And yeah. I don't know if that's Graham Mertz. I'll, I'll tell you this. Graham Mertz looked like every Wisconsin quarterback 
Yeah, I, so I didn't blame Graham. I, I watched this game, and, and and we were in a group chat going, and I thought the play calling was awful. I thought Paul Chris got out coached all day long. There was there was four or five situations where it's third and eight or third and ten, and they run the same play over and over and over again, which is as soon as the ball is snapped. Mertz takes a 12-step drop backwards. He's 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage. And he throws the ball across the field and to the line of scrimmage. So he's basically throwing the ball 25 yards. A tight end is catching the football at the line of scrimmage. It's third and eight. So you think he's going to catch the ball and get eight yards? Throw the ball past the sticks at one point in time. Just make them – try to cover beyond the sticks and they couldn't do i i didn't understand the call design i don't understand enough offensive scheming to figure these things out but i'm telling you the play calling was abysmal i'm not giving Graham mertz a pass but i'm telling you it's really hard as a quarterback to overcome really bad play calling i mean just all day long i thought i thought paul chris got out got worked i thought he got taken to the shed Yes, yes, I think he did as well. Uh, and with that said, Penn State sets up now. Uh, it looks like they have got a, uh, I mean, they got a good chance to, to be competitive in, in the Big Ten. Like, if they can find any way to get a rushing game going, like, they, they only had 50 yards rushing on 18 carries. But again, only 18 but carries. But they, like, they won't play another defense that good the rest of the year. No, they, they only had, well, like, 50 points. Well, I say that, there, there's, a, there's a world where Auburn's defense might be that good. But it, they it won't play be. another Big Ten defense that good. No, no, they definitely won't. Definitely won't. So, uh, surprise, surprise on on Penn State, Wisconsin. Akbar jumps in. He said, "What's going on, fellas?" Uh, said Coach O done messed up. Um, well, let's let's go ahead and move to that one. Let's go ahead and do it. I know you don't want to, but that's fine. We are going to cover it. Uh, UCLA thirty eight, LSU twenty seven, and I. This one was shocking to me. I don't know how it was to anybody else. I know there were a lot of people that were on UCLA. I get it. But the way that their their lines of scrimmage were able to dominate this football game shocked me. Uh, the biggest play in the game, as far as the, the most important plays from a numbers perspective, the Max Johnson interception uh, that Caleb Johnson returned 34 yards to the LSU 17 was a complete uh, disaster. Of a play at LSU at that point is down fourteen to ten, and and you have a real shot to take full advantage of this game, complete start the dominating process, and that one play kind of changed the tide for the entire rest of the game. Which yeah, it flips the game. Yes, completely flips it. Uh, the other biggest plays in uh, in the second quarter, uh, the seventy-five yard touchdown pass uh, from DTR. Again, shocked me a little bit. Um, Max Johnson, uh, uh, let's see, the third one in the third quarter, uh, the pass to uh, Butte for the 44-yard touchdown. That one got it back to 21-17. to um, You know, there were, there were a lot of massive plays in this game, and UCLA looks like the real deal right now. If they are able to do this to LSU, that's, see, this is what I'm trying to figure out from week one, and I know that these are overreactions, and I get that, but... If UCLA can do that to LSU, does that say that UCLA could dominate in the Pac-12, or does that say that LSU is in big, big trouble for the rest of the season? Chris, how do you see it? So I think there's a little bit of truth to both of those statements. 
Um, LSU is not as good. So listen, I thought LSU was going to win this game because I assumed LSU was bigger, LSU was stronger, and LSU was faster. At no point in this game was LSU bigger, stronger, or faster. They were bigger than us in the trenches. They were absolutely stronger than us, and they had a lot more speed than LSU had on the field. They it just they whipped LSU up front on on both yeah. sides. Like I could not believe what I was watching. If you go back and watch the game, you can see the push, and they. It, you know how you can always tell who's winning a ball game based on who is getting pushed back, and yeah. and it was UCLA pushing LSU back almost every play. Like, yeah. I could not believe it. Go back and look at third down stats. I don't know them exactly, but I'm going to bet that they averaged more than 17 yards on third down. So, LSU was doing exactly what they were supposed to do most of the times on first and second down. They were getting them behind the sticks. It, there, were, there were several third and 17, third and 15, third and 12s throughout the game. Yeah. And it did not matter. They were getting 17 to 20 yards every third down. They just picked them up, and they were doing them with run plays. They were doing them with little dump screens. It, strong safety – doesn't play strong safety. Strong is his name – was getting dusted by some fat-ass tight end that did not look athletic at all. But every time you watch the screen, 22 is 17 yards behind him. Yeah. It, it was It was weird. Uh, third down success rate, uh, not success rate, but we'll we'll do third down efficiency. UCLA is seven out of thirteen. Uh, LSU was actually six out of fifteen. But yeah, like uh, overall total yards four hundred seventy. Uh, but th- the biggest thing was UCLA had two hundred ten rushing yards on forty seven attempts, and in LSU had twenty five attempts running the football for forty nine. Couldn't run it. So like, I knew we were in trouble coming out of halftime when. Um, uh, the sideline reporters say, talk to O, said, what do you need to change? He said, we need to figure out how to run the ball. And my first thought was as well, we're, we're definitely screwed now because they can't run the ball. But instead of trying to do what you do when you can't run the ball, which is make your short passing game, your run game, they just force the run. But we never try to run outside. We never run off tackle. We just run up the gut. So every first down, from the entire second half on, we just forced the run. So now you become predictable. So you run on first down, you get one or two yards, or you're starting to get positive yards instead of getting tackled backwards. Yeah. But it didn't matter because it's not enough. Now you're behind the sticks on second. You're behind the sticks on third. And there's nothing you can do. You become predictable. And as soon as Ed said, we've got to find a way to run the ball, I thought we're going to be stuck in the mud because there's no doubt now they're going to, instead of figuring out what you can do and what you can't do and do what you can do, they no, we want to impose our will on them. So we're going to try to impose our will on them. Well, you just tried it the whole first half. It didn't work. Did something magical happen at halftime? Because I don't think so. And so it is what it is. I don't think LSU is nearly as talented as we thought they were on the other side. I do think this might be the most talented Chip Kelly team that we have seen him coach in college since the national championship Oregon team. Okay. So I, I, I really I do believe wanna, I do want to jump into that because I don't I don't think it's talent. I think I think the fact that this was like the slow game, right? This was the the slow build for Chip Kelly because he now has a team full of seniors, full of well, guys yes. that have been in that program for four years. So they're not super talented, but they are incredibly developed. Well, don't and go well tell coached. DTR he's not talented. Okay, oh, agreed, agreed. He's but he's he's been there for four years now. He just hasn't, you know, he hadn't looked great 
Well, he and can't do it all by himself. Agreed. They, agreed. Name the other players around him, okay? Because you couldn't do it until this year. You couldn't do it until yesterday. I, I can't do it right now. I can't name the well, players. You should be they... able to because those guys were good. <laughs> well, I mean, those I know, were really I know good. Zach Charbonnet, um, but he's, you know, Michigan transfer. You got Britton Brown in. You got uh, Greg Dolkett. Um, you, I, I will tell you this. The defense for UCLA, really surprising. Like, they have not been this level good in a while. And it, it's not it's not saying that they are good uh, because they played, like, the best offense in the world last night. But LSU has players. They got duped, and they shut them down. Like, there were a few things that... There were a few plays that you're always going to be able to get open if you've got players like, uh, like Butte, right? Yeah. But the majority of that game, they shut that LSU offense down. They shut down that running game and, and pushed back that offensive line. And I was, I was surprised. This has been the, the slow build for Chip Kelly. Yeah. And it, it, they look good right now. They look good. Yeah. And so uh, we do have a few questions. Uh, a. Rife jumps in. He said, you guys don't think OSU defense matches up to Wisconsin? I will tell you this. I, I thought before the season that Ohio State had the best defensive line in the country, the, the most talented they ain't there yet. Um, so they, they, I think Wisconsin has a better defensive line than Ohio State right now. Not based on talent or potential, based on uh, what I've seen, right? So that's that's the way uh, I'm going with that. Uh, Ohio State don't scare me at all. And they right might now. roll through their schedule, but they don't scare me at all. No, there's there's flaws with, with Ohio State big time. They, they, looked, they looked super beatable. Modest Cowboy E said, Pac-12 North, toughest division in college football this year, and then put a clown face. Mm. Uh, I mean... They they've looked good in one week, I'll say that. So you know that's that's all we know uh, right now. But I doubt. Hang it. on, Pac-12 North looked good. So the second best <laughs> team, some people had the best team. Oh no no no, losing to Montana. No no no, I was thinking Pac-12 South. I'm sorry, Washington, yeah, Oregon, all those that, looked terrible. Washington State, terrible. all those guys, everybody looked awful. No, he was making a yes. joke, and he's right. Yes, he's They're right. one they of the worst terrible. divisions in football. The uh, the alliance could probably do away with about three divisions, uh, and and be better. I I think. Oh yeah. Uh, Paul Riggs said, does Florida State have a chance tonight? Yeah, of course they got a chance tonight. Like, we don't think they're going to cover, but they absolutely have a chance. You never know. You, you line them up, you see what happens. Um, Paul Riggs said, they're a team. Don't know what that means. And Ben said, the Rose Bowl was still one-fourth empty. Uh, well, yeah, it's Los Angeles. There's a lot of stuff to do in Los Angeles. And, hey, I will tell well, you Well, there's just not a lot of people that care about college football in Los Angeles. That's the biggest thing. Yes, 100%. 100%. It's not that there's just too much stuff to do. It's also a lot of people live there and don't because care. they don't care about the because they don't care about football. And there were there were twenty thousand people there in in uh, golden yellow like or golden uh, yeah. uh, purple. So, you know, what are you gonna do? Next up, number four, Iowa thirty four, Indiana six. Now, obviously, we're not gonna spend long on this because this was a bludgeoning. But Michael Penix actually got benched late in this game, and I mean, why wouldn't you? The game was over. Uh, this was bloodshed this was a disaster for indiana they could not stop the run they could not stop even the pass and they could not get anything going michael Penix had three interceptions in this game and as i was watching it on a different screen a smaller screen i did not see anything that made me feel good about indiana uh in in this ball game iowa looks exactly like i thought they would look they just dominated this football game all over the place. I, I know there were pick sixes and there was all this kind of stuff, but as far as the game itself goes, I mean, this, this is... Iowa gets game day next week because they're going to Ames for Iowa-Iowa State. 
and we'll talk about near upsets and whatnot here in a little while, but I this is exactly what I expected from Iowa this year. Uh, how, how did you feel about it? Uh, I, I thought this game would be closer. I thought Indiana would play hard. Um, but I was very honest about that assessment in the sense of that's, that's what I wanted to happen because I love Tom Allen. This is, this Iowa team could be really good. This Iowa team could be special and, and, and this could be the best team in the big 10 West. Definitely. And, and, you know, is this a team that's built well enough to be able to compete with Ohio State or Penn State? Yeah, probably. The biggest question everybody had about the Hawkeyes was the defensive line because they lost some. Oh, well, it ain't no problem. It is no they problem. They just replace those problems. Hey, you, you they remember, just replace those dudes. You remember who's coaching the defensive line for them? Yeah. Kelvin Bell. Yeah. Olive that's Branch. The boy we went to high school with. Yeah. So he used, to, he used to beat me. He used to beat me up every day. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> right on that line of screen. And now he's teaching these Iowa kids how to beat up other people. And that's what they did yep. against Indiana uh, because that was that was a bludgeoning. That I don't I don't even know the easiest way to describe that, but I it, Iowa looks like they will probably win the West this year. Ben said Iowa wins the West, lock it in. Yeah, that was my pick to win the West uh, this offseason. Like, I, I feel really yep. good about Kurt Ferentz's team. And from there, uh, we're going to stay in the Big Ten. I want to talk about a Thursday night game. Ohio State 45, Minnesota 31, we just brought up Ohio State. They have got flaws all over the place. But, as I mentioned before with Penn State and Wisconsin, if you have those explosive playmakers, those guys that can break a game open on one play where if you miss a single tackle, you miss anything, you can absolutely break the game wide open. And that's exactly what Ohio State did. C.J. Stroud was not great. He looked ruffled in the first half. He looked completely uncomfortable. And... You got somebody like Travion Henderson that can break one for 80 yards. Yeah, it's going to change the way you feel about the game. I did you? How did you feel about Minnesota in this spot? Well, I didn't think Minnesota was very good. Um, I still don't think Minnesota is very good. It, 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 it's it's one of the reasons I think Ohio State is 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 definitely able to get got this year, and yeah. and maybe maybe a couple of times uh, because because there's a there's a world where Minnesota kind of one of the bottom two bottom three teams in the in the east yeah there's there's certainly that well especially now right because you know you lose uh mo ibrahim and yeah i mean he's their he's their guy he's their playmaker that 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 was their entire offense yes and now i will say this they were shockingly um what's the word i'm looking for uh they they were capable right they were capable when he went out because they had to try some different things, and and a lot of it worked. But, you know, as far as, you know, successful plays and all this, you know, EPA in this game, uh, so EPA per play in this game was actually not too terribly one-sided. Ohio State .45 per play and Minnesota .05 per play. There is a difference there. Obviously, Ohio State won by 14. But, you know, this was not like a demolition by Ohio State. Minnesota was able to keep in it, and and I thought that Ohio State was just going to run away with this thing, and they never were quite able to. But I, I do think, you know, Rife uh, jumps in, Chris Autumn Bell out of the game, Ibrahim went down late, many had OSU on the ropes. Yeah, they did. Um, but part of me is trying to figure out, like, Ohio State was replacing so many guys. Was it Was it part of that? That was this issue because Minnesota had so many returning guys back. 
But Ohio State, even as talented as they are, because they're supposed to be so far ahead of everybody else in the Big Ten, they didn't look completely ahead of everybody else. Um, I didn't think so. Okay. I think this quarterback's going to make some mistakes. Yes. Like, I thought there was a world where they were going to pull him if they got down any further and he wasn't able to make some plays. And he made a couple of big plays. He got him out of the hole. But, I mean, he was part of the problem that got him in the hole. Yes. Yes, he he certainly was. Uh, C.J. Stroud in this game, uh, let's see. Let's look at his EPA per play. Um, 0.56. That's that's not great for a quarterback. Yards per play was 3.14 for him. Tanner Morgan. Well, especially considering the, the wide receiving core that he's throwing to. Everybody yes. unanimously agrees it's the best in the country and, and you're mediocre against not a good defense? I, that's not – listen, could be first-game jitters, could be one of those situations where that'll be the worst he looks all year. That's fine. I need to see him look better than that before I just start chalking them up and throwing them in the playoff because they're Ohio State. Yeah, he did end up with four touchdowns, one interception in this spot. But, um, yeah, his, his EPA for the game, 12.39, that's – not bad, and and Tanner Morgan was 10.99. So that should tell you exactly how close those two stat lines really were at the end of the day. Uh, Tanner didn't get as many as many touchdowns, but but they, I mean, these were this was a close matchup. This was close. Friday night game, Virginia Tech and North uh, North Carolina, 17 to 10, and Sam Howell looked like he had never seen a football before in his life. This again, another one that was shocking. To me, um, I should not have been shocked because we, if you go back and look at what Justin Fuente does in season openers, good gracious, he, he does this year after year after year, and it is not, uh, it, it does not tell you what the rest of the season is going to look like because we can get all excited about Virginia Tech in this spot if we want to, but if you look at all of the advanced stats, Virginia Tech probably should have won this game by three touchdowns. I mean, they were up 14 to nothing at the half, and they only win 17 to 10. But they dominated, dominated yeah. this game. Um, yeah. Ben asked Justin Fuente breaking through finally. I don't think that's what this means, Chris. Had, what do you what do you think here? I thought this could happen. I thought that that my biggest thing is is I think home field for for the big schools that are used to packing the stadium out is going to matter more this year than it's mattered in a long, long time. There was no question in my eyes. You're not walking into Blacksburg on the first time that these guys get to go to a football game in almost a year and a half, whatever, how long it's been, and and just taking a win. You're just not doing it. That place has too much pride, too much tradition. The fan base is too strong. And and I just thought Fuente and these guys are talented enough and well-coached enough. They might not be the best team in the ACC, and they're not as well-coached as some others. It's fine. But they got too much pride. Too many things are going to go right for them this night. I thought they could win this game. I said multiple times, I think they can win this game. And Tyler jumps and, in on the chat, by the way. He said, I commented on your uh, Virginia Tech UNC preview earlier. You two were the only ones in your industry to say, you know Tech can win this game. Uh, and we, we said it both on the BetUS show and the SBR show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tech can absolutely win the game. Obviously absolutely win this game. It was a five-and-a-half-point spread, but still. But like, I, Yeah, I thought they could win the game. So I'm definitely going to take the five-and-a-half head start and had some money on the money line. Here's the deal. The defensive line for 
North Carolina is supposed to have one of the best offensive lines in the country. They brought back all five, and that's all we heard all year. Didn't matter that you lost those two great running backs because those great running backs were a product of a scheme and a system, and the offensive line is coming back. And this defensive front from Virginia Tech whipped the hell out of that offensive line all night long. I don't know how to appropriately grade Sam Howell on this game because I don't know, is he going to face a front like that again the rest of the year? Or is he actually going to have some time to try to make some plays? Is he really this bad? Because he looked bad. Or is that just Vatek? That defense could be legit. They could be special. And this could be something that catapults them to the middle upper tier pack of, of the of the ACC. I will, I will tell you this. The middle eight, we always talk about that. Um, the middle eight here, not great in, in this situation for Sam Howell. Only one successful pass out of eight attempts for Sam Howell uh, between the, the ending of the second quarter and the beginning of the third quarter. I, I don't know what to make of Sam Howell at all after this because he, he was running for his life a lot of this a lot of this game. That's right. I, I'm not killing him completely. No, I'm yeah, not I, killing him completely. I, I do know him. this. All like, those Heisman votes, yeah, throw them in the trash. Yeah, we're, we're one and done. You have a game like this on national TV to start the season off and you and you put up that performance, there's nothing you can do because you won't play another ranked opponent all damn year probably. All right? The rest of your schedule is just too easy. Yeah, yeah. They uh, He had three interceptions, six sacks in this game. Success rate only 34%. His EPA on this game, minus 15.67. Like, he, he bad. cost his team he, big no, time. He was really bad. I, I Like I said, though, he was bad. I, I'm not projecting him to be awful the rest of the year simply because I don't know that they're going to play another defense that good. Yeah, okay? it's entirely possible. I will tell you this. I... I thought before the year, my everyone was telling Miami and UNC, Miami and UNC, and and I kept saying, Vatek, NC State, Boston College, like I think there are going to be a couple of teams that are better in the ACC than we expected, but I don't think it's the teams that everyone's telling me it's supposed to be. I think yeah, I could I be wrong. When this thing's over with, week one could look like a fluke, and the three teams that I like could be trash and the two teams that were supposed to be good could end up really good and they just happened to run into a bud saws week one that could absolutely happen yes but i'll take my three over the other two all day long all hey, day long right by the now. way braxton burmeister uh looked fantastic in this game like looked in complete yes. control no, like, somehow didn't good. even look like the best quarterback in the game nobody in the country thought burmeister would outplay how yeah. nobody in the country thought that would happen a Tyler Campbell said stat that will be overlooked. UNC zero punt return yards, shortest field, UNC 39. Tech out coach Mac Brown, Fuente 5-1 and one against North Carolina. Beating UVA is nice to hell with UNC. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's it's awesome. true. That's this awesome. This all happened. Yeah. I'm glad Fuente has somebody's number. You I want that. good things for Vatek and Fuente. College, I grew up in a day where, where Vatek was the premium team in the ACC because – Florida State was kind of doing a little bit of up and down, up and down. Miami was dead after they won their last national title uh, in the 90s. Um, they they, the they weren't East. very good a whole lot after that. And then, and then yeah, it's just Vatek was the big team. Vatek was the strong. They, they were the Clemson of the day. Yes. And they've been, they've kind of been gone for so long. It's fun when they're back. It's good when they're back. It is. 
It is. Uh, let's see. Michael wants to know about Oklahoma. Uh, we we are going to get to them here momentarily. I do want to hit right quick. Uh, the number one ranked team in the country. I completely missed on this, but Alabama did show up and did Alabama things at 44 to 13. Uh, there was never a spot in this game where Miami had any kind of a chance at all. And and I was surprised at this. That Alabama defense is serious. Now, they do have some injuries that they got to deal with now, but even the guys that came in looked unbelievable. Uh, total EPA in this game, Miami negative 11.59, Alabama 12.63. Uh, it, it doesn't get any more dominant than that. I mean, it just... Like, Derek King could do nothing. And he he didn't look injured until about midway through the second quarter, and he got absolutely lit up. If The player to watch from this game, if you go back and watch any of it, which I don't blame you if you don't, Will Anderson, that defensive end, uh, end, coming off the edge, he completely destroyed that side of the line every time he went after Derek King. Every time. It was the most it, – it reminded me of Miles Garrett. It's un, It's unreal. So, that's who you want to watch from that. But we're going to jump off of that because, I mean, there's what else do you say about a 31-point beatdown? Oklahoma 40, Tulane 35. Chris, did you have this on one of your TVs? Hell yeah. I watched almost every second of it, and it took Oklahoma fuckery for, for them to win this game. Yes. It absolutely took a complete and utter screw job of Tulane to not win this game. I okay. So what was what was the screw job? So there was there was just a a, a, a huge huge pi call um, in the fourth quarter. Oh, okay. Where two okay. lanes where two lanes going, and and that ended up being a fourth down play. And right. and so you my, know you, my thought process there. I thought you were talking about the spot at the end of the game, and I was like, no, 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 no not talking. We never even get to that point, man. Yeah. Yeah, Oklahoma um, is down. Oklahoma is struggling. Oklahoma cannot. All I heard, and and you, Mister Seegers, are one of the people that I trust that told me this. But you weren't the only one, so I you're not it. you're not on the island. Everybody told me this Oklahoma team is going to be different. They finally fixed their defense. They finally have a defense. They're loaded. They're going to win the national championship. We haven't seen a team with this good of a defense and this good of an offense ever in our life. And you know what? You're all wrong. And I thought it sounded weird. And I thought it sounded funny. And it didn't make sense to me. But everybody I talked to scared me off of this game, scared me away from it because I thought, man, I guess, you know, Oklahoma might be pretty good. And you got a quarterback that nobody knows his damn name. Okay. Literally, he was just referred to as the two lane quarterback all day long on Twitter, on highlight reels, everything. And he outplayed Spencer Rattler the entire game for 60 minutes. He was the better quarterback on the field. Spencer, Spencer is soft. Spencer is going to struggle if he ever plays a good defense. And let me tell you why. Spencer had a couple of quarterback sneak opportunities where they did, it was like third and inches or something. And every time Spencer, they got him, they got the first down, but every time Spencer gets bowed backwards, I'm talking head and neck go one way, the rest of his body is being pushed another. And every time he comes out of those screaming, hurting, fit, that guy, that guy's not, he, he will not stick his nose in a hole to get an inch anymore. I think that was it. And that's two lanes defense doing that to him. Okay. Yep. That ain't Oklahoma State. That ain't Texas. That ain't somebody big. That ain't TCU. That's not, you know, Iowa State. That's not a real defense that'll hit you 
That's from Tulane. Yes, yes, you're you're 100 right here. Uh, Mitchell said, uh, "I know that Pratt kid is sneaky crafty, but I thought Oklahoma had a defense this year." And he said, "That's what I'm saying, Chris. I'm never going to believe in an Oklahoma defense." Ben nope. said, "Take K State to beat them for a third straight time." Let me tell you about Michael Pratt here. Michael Pratt, his EPA on the game 19.04. Just to put that in relation to something else, Spencer Rattler's EPA 9.33. Yeah, That's the Heisman insane. favorite got outplayed like a champ in his own building. I mean, it just it it, it was it was surprising. It was very surprising. Um, no, I'm telling you, I, this Oklahoma team might lose three games. I'm just I'm I'm so I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the rest of the schedule, but it will not shock me if they finish nine and three. It just won't. I can I can buy it. I now they might it. finish undefeated. They got out of this game and they got the win. It took some fuckery to get it, but they got it. But I'll tell you this: if you told me. They have to go twelve and zero or nine and three. Which one are they closer to? I'd, I'd pick nine and three and take my chances with the bullet. Now this this was a weird week. Uh, let's you know Tulane been staying in Birmingham. Tulane might have been fighting a little harder than typical, but at, either way, uh, hey, right. now Tulane's got all the negative things going against them. Exactly, they don't get to play at home. They thought this game was going to be in their home. They didn't even get like the home locker room and stuff. Like they just said, we're just going to officially make this a an yeah. Oklahoma home game in the scorebooks, and you still use the visitor facilities, and you still stay in the hotel. No, so yeah, Oklahoma had all of the benefits, and Tulane had to go against all of the different stuff. Yes, uh, A. Rife said Oklahoma will lose two games this year. Uh, Corgi asked, uh, "Did they touch on Washington, Montana yet? What a joke!" Um, no, we haven't, but it's 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 coming up. So just hold I, I on. I'm about to say I wouldn't even I wouldn't even consider hitting on that game. That's it. Well, I told you this. I told everybody. Yes, you did. Chris Peterson is a really good coach. Just because Chris Peterson named his replacement doesn't mean that guy's gonna be Chris Peterson. Who is this dude, and why does everybody think he's gonna be the second coming? No, you, you're right. You're right. I, want, I questioned a lot. Listen, I got a lot wrong. I got a lot wrong, but I questioned a lot. And all the things that I thought were suspect are proven to be right. Yes. No, Don't uh, trust 100%, these folks. A hundred percent. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, I want to hit on a Thursday game. All right. The Gus Bus. UCF okay. 36, Boise 31. They Ooh, were down, hell of a comeback, baby. They this were down is an exciting football th- game. Three touchdowns. They were down three touchdowns, and Boise d- looked 
awful in that second half. The They finally got the efficiency they were looking for. Dylan Gabriel, coming into this game, had only thrown an, a, a turnover-worthy pass on, like, I want to say it was like 2% of his passes leading up to this He's game. He's really good. And He's really good. Listen, I told people, this is a guy that's a dark horse for the Heisman, baby. Well, but then Don't he's, be but then scared. He's, he's making these mistakes early in this game that we have not seen him make. He doesn't make these kind of throws. He doesn't do this kind of and And they're down, what, 21 to nothing, I believe, early? and then uh, they, I don't remember it was 21. Or was it, or, 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 uh, shit, I'd have to go back and look I at the box remember. score. I don't remember. They were, they were down. They were down a lot. Yes, they they were. I think they were down three touchdowns at one point. Um, Maybe. Yeah, it was twenty-one to nothing, and then they started okay. their comeback. But man, I'm telling. And and the middle eight, what I've talked about multiple times, the middle eight, the last four of the second quarter, the first four of the third quarter, UCF won that one fourteen to nothing, and that was the complete turnaround of this game. Um, I I just UCF had to get through this spot. Boise looks like they can be really really good, and they can be good in the Mountain West. But, man, when you crumple like that in that spot. So let me tell you why I think UCF was able to do what they did in the second half of this game. It's because Gus stays dedicated to the run, and eventually it breaks your back. He wears down defenses. He runs sideline to sideline. And you have even his pass plays are sideline to sideline. And you have to chase these bastards all over the field. How much and better? By the time, and, and so the first half, defenses can hang with these guys. Yeah. But by the second half, by the third, end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, unless you're playing one of these crazy defenses like in Alabama that just rotate dudes in and they got 27 five stars to rotate through there, every other team is going to be gassed. Nobody is prepared um, physically in shape to hang with that. Nobody's built for it. Yes. Um, in this, hey, by the way, how much better did Isaiah Bowser look at running back for Gus Malzahn? Well, this than, is what Gus does. This yeah. is what this offense does. Dylan Gabriel also, the reason he's throwing those passes is because that's also what Gus does. Gus ain't playing anything safe, okay? This is this is not Gus at Auburn where the, the athletic department is putting handcuffs on him. This is Gus at Arkansas State for one year saying, we got nothing to lose. Let's throw this shit at the wall and let's go. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a lot of fun to watch. It was a lot of That's fun. That's going to be the most fun team to watch all year. All year, by the way. I, I think you might be right about that. Uh, if they, if, if so, whatever conference they land in, if there's not a big TV deal for that conference, somebody's leaving money on the table for that team right there because the nation will fall in love with that team because they're a lot of fun to watch. Modest, modest Cowboy corrected me. It was 24 to 7. It was not. That's what I thought it was. I thought yeah. I didn't think I didn't think that they were scoreless. I knew they were down big, yep. but I didn't think they were scoreless. Uh, agreed, agreed. Corgi said the only team that looks as expected was Alabama. Literally, uh, kind of eh. Like uh, there, there were there's flaws. There's flaws for. I'm Alabama. not. Ta- I'm not. Uh, listen, that was a bad Miami team. That was a bad Miami team. Yeah, they were like like a real bad Miami team. And that happens. Bama's really good. Bama wins 80% of their games before they even get off the bus just for this intimidation factor. And that happens. But if you're not prepared, they're going to roll you. That that doesn't mean they're going to roll everybody else. I think Florida's going to be a lot better than Miami. I think, I think A&M's yeah. going to be better than Miami. Not everybody showed what they have this week. I'm okay with that. Miami should have brought their best game. I think they did. I think they're not good at football. 
Yeah, they, they're not. They're not. Back to this UCF and Boise game to wrap it up. Uh, the difference in the game here, rushing EPA, UCF 11.01 EPA yep. per rush or, or for the game, and rushing EPA for Boise, negative 9.0. I mean that's yeah. it. What, what do you what do you even do with that? Like if you cannot run the ball, if you can't get any momentum going, and as not a able to team. run the ball on UCF, it ain't like they got a great defense here. Oh, this, they this, they have upgraded that defensive line. Remember, they got Big Cat Bryant, and and he I know came they've in upgraded, helped, but but you understand what I'm saying. One yeah. one defensive lineman does not change no, the defense to stop a run. You just run it away from him. <laughs> All right. I mean, it's not that damn hard. The the fact that you're not. I think this. I think this Boise team now. I said all the good things about UCF. I think this Boise team might not be great. Okay. I, I think that they are going to be good enough to be able to compete in the Mountain West. Well, um, okay. Yeah, but, but we normally just hand them the Mountain West. And no, now they, I don't think we're doing that. I think there are two or three teams in that Mountain West team that are going to give them a run for their money. Uh you you might be right about that. You might be right. Uh very quickly. Uh, we got like 31 guys watching this. If you will do us a favor, go ahead and hit like on the YouTube video for us. Share the show out. We certainly appreciate that. And make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Go to BetUS, where the game begins. Uh, promo code NCAAF2021 gives you 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500. Let's dive into USC in San Jose State. And this one did not go uh, nearly the way that... It, so I kind of thought that it would go a little one-sided here. It was close for a while. And then the fourth quarter happened, and who uh, Nick Starkle had two interceptions in this game. Uh, Keaton Slovis, it, it was not, he was not what dominated this game. Nope. Um, the the domination came from the the USC side where they were able to run the ball, uh, 160 yards rushing on 34 carries. They, you know, and both teams had two turnovers, but but USC just you the talent differential in this game got to them. Yes, absolutely got to them, and it just finally wore them out late. Like yep. San Jose State could do nothing. But this is what the big boys are going to do to the little guys. You, San Jose State is one of the better little guys, okay? And USC might not be the strongest of the big boys. But at some point in time, it just wears on you, and you just can't keep fighting with those dudes. Because none of none of these smaller teams especially have the depth to hang yep. with the big teams. They just don't. It's what but kills USC, them. USC you is can a, stick around for a couple of quarters, but you can't stick around for four. USC is a top 10 I'm double-checking. The college team talent composite over at 247 Sports. USC is number 10 as far as most talented. And San Jose State is down close to like 100. I mean, they're they're in the 90s. So the difference there, it was eventually going to get away from them. Um, And they just, it is what it is. Uh, Hank said, I believe Fresno State is the uh, the favorite to win the Mountain West right now. Uh, Ben said, Nevada wins the Mountain West. Uh, Corgi said, I, 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 "Look, I don't think I, I think I think both those teams. I think this this San Jose State team. I think Boise's still good. I, I don't know that Hawaii's dead. I think I think the Mountain West is going to be fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely." Uh, Larry Pilgrim said, "Jump ball USC. That's where they get you. Yeah, they got guys on the outside well, yeah, all over. The place. Every year they have a wide receiver that that is unbelievable." Uh, in this game, the uh, let's see, Drake London is is the dude. He didn't have a touchdown yes. in this game, but twelve receptions, hundred thirty seven yards, eleven point four yards per reception. Uh, yep. Taj Washington, four receptions, fifty six yards and a touchdown. I mean, just just absurd. Like the stuff they They're were really able good. to do. Um, moving on from there, another one that we wanted to hit on very quickly was the Texas and Louisiana game. Texas wins thirty eight to eighteen, and in this spot. Um, like Texas basically dominated from from the word go. 
I mean, it, the, yep. the Texas Havoc plays. The problem for Louisiana, if they cannot run the football, this is Billy Napier's offense. Everything is That's predicated right. on running the ball. If they can't run, I said it on the show on Friday. If Levi Lewis cannot pass to set up the run, then they are in deep, deep trouble because Texas's defensive line dominated this game. Yes. Dominated. Well, what was strange is Levi Lewis is usually a big part of that running game, and he was not a part of the running game at all. Yeah. Oh, it, it was it was like, very I thought I thought that was strange because I felt like <clears throat> there were plenty of opportunities to drop back and pass and basically run the the, the kind of crazy draw plays that, that people are running today when you've got an athletic quarterback that can move. Um and and yeah, I just was surprised at how little he ran. Um and, and it, it just wasn't good. It, it really wasn't at all. Uh, Levi Lewis had two runs. Sorry, six carries, negative 19 yards. He yeah, really but they had count two, sacks against Yeah, the they count sacks. So, uh, so two runs for like 10 yards in this game. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Like Chris Smith had 11 carries for 54 yards and one touchdown. Um, but they, they averaged 2.6 yards per carry on the day. Louisiana did. Uh, that it, They're not going to be able to win games like that. So uh, Corgi said uh, B. John Robinson made Texas look good. Hank said, Helton is the problem with USC. He isn't in touch with his players like Herman was in the Texas. Uh, USC looked fine. I ain't going to bash Helton right now <laughs> after, yep. after that uh, performance. But, yeah, Louisiana, um, you know, EPA per play in this spot. Uh, Louisiana had .12. Texas had .35. Hudson Card looked good coming out. Uh, Casey Thompson, you know, pretty good. Four out of five. One touchdown, 41 yards. It, it did that late. Um, but Hudson Card, like, seemed to lead the team. Like, this team looks pretty good. It was good to see Jordan Whittington get back in there. Uh, he was, let's see, his EPA, 14.03 on the game. So, he looked awesome. Um, yep. Hey, I, I did want to mention this. Uh, Texas Tech over Houston, I, the only, I'm not going to even really talk much about the game because it got away from Houston. They didn't even score in the second half. What I'm curious your thoughts are um, is, is, is um, oh, my God, what's his name? Dana Holgerson. Is, yeah. is, is Dana in trouble? Now, I don't think Dana's in trouble. I thought this was the weirdest game. I I watched the first half of this game waiting on the LSU game to start. And Houston held the ball the entire first half. They get the kickoff. They go on this super long drive, ends in a touchdown. Then Dana's got the nuts to go for an onside kick, very first kickoff, gets it, go on another drive. Uh, uh Texas Tech doesn't take their first snap until two minutes, 13 seconds. Yes. And that's where they take their first snap in the, in the first quarter. And I thought, this ball game, this ball game, Houston has completely dominated this team. This defense cannot hang. How the defense shut them down after that, after being on the field, not exaggerating, the entire first quarter, I don't know. Well, I, I don't I, know I, what I know they this. did. Uh, no, no, no. I know what happened. Clayton Toon threw four interceptions. I mean, yeah, it's going to completely change well, yeah. the ball game. So, like, um, because whenever Texas Tech actually did have the ball, uh, if you look at just the EPA and whatnot, because it, it total plays here, Houston had eighty six, Texas Tech only had sixty, but yep. EPA Houston was negative thirteen point eight seven, Texas Tech was ten point nine two. Well, and you're right. It comes it comes down to the fact that the so once I saw Texas Tech scoring as quickly as they scored in the second quarter when they finally got to take snaps. I realized then, oh, this is why he went for the onside kick. He know he knows his team can't play defense, yeah. so we're just gonna try to keep the football all day long. Yeah, I, I absolutely tried to keep the football, and 
I mean, Texas Tech, 16 Havoc plays created. That's 22% of them. Uh, Houston only had six. I mean, it just it, it, overall, like this was this was surprising because I expected Houston to come out and play better this year. I did too. And, and they didn't. They absolutely nope. did not. Clayton Toon for the game, minus 18 EPA. Do we think Texas Tech is good? Do we think Texas Tech can do anything with the middle of the pack? Are they still a bottom feeder of No, no, no. Of I, I think that they can – I think they can compete for a bowl game. I think they're in the right. middle of, of Who the Who do Big you 12. think is at the bottom outside of Kansas right now? Because the rest of the Big 12, uh, what I felt was very weird. Baylor did not look great. Uh, so no. that was that was not a, a good thing for Dave Aranda and those guys. Um, West Virginia, like you lose to Maryland. I know that Maryland is, is quirky and whatnot, but that was strange. Oklahoma State, I'm not even going to try and read anything off of that because uh, Spencer Sander... Uh, Sanders did not play in that game. Um, That's right. You know, I would probably say Baylor and eh, probably Baylor down at the bottom right now, along with Kansas. Um, But I could see Texas Tech in there with West Virginia, with, you know, Oklahoma State, TCU. Like, they can compete with some of these teams if things go correctly. Like, they have got a massive advantage at wide receiver over – just about everybody that they play. I told you, I think this TCU team's better than than people thought before oh, the season started. I, I, I they, think TCU can win this conference. They they were the team that I picked to 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 play Oklahoma in in the championship game. I I, I I'm not I'm not backing away from that after week one. I don't blame you. Uh, let's let's go ahead and hit. I've got two more topics, um, right. and these are rounded all into one. Okay. Okay. Near upsets. Okay. I've got three of them written down. Mississippi State, 35. Louisiana Tech, 34. Iowa State, 16. Northern Iowa, 10. Oregon, 31. Fresno, 24. Uh, the Oregon game, Kayvon Thibodeau went out uh, late second quarter and was walking around in a walking boot. We don't know what's going to happen with with him going into the Ohio State game, but I do we take anything from these? Uh, Corgi jumped in already, said Mississippi State didn't deserve to win that game. They made my eyes hurt watching that Leach is a trash coach. Um, I I don't know that Leach is a trash coach, but it takes a long time for him to build his programs into what he wants them to be. But I did not expect them to have that many problems with Louisiana Tech. Um, Iowa yeah, State, either. like Iowa State, always does this with Northern Iowa. I mean, Northern Iowa almost beat them. They took them to overtime two years ago, and then Iowa State showed up against Louisiana, got beat by seventeen points to start last year. So, like, I don't I don't think I can read anything from the uh, the Iowa State game. Um. Uh, in Oregon, like Fresno's good, like they're just good. So I don't, I don't know what yeah. to take from any of these near upsets. Do you take anything from them? No, I'm I, just once again, I'm, I'm not killing teams for having these slow starts and weird upsets. It just tells me that none of these teams are, are unbeatable. None of these teams are unbelievable. And you know, did Oregon look worse than Ohio State? Yeah. Can Oregon absolutely beat Ohio State next weekend? Yeah. If Oregon held everything close to the vest and just decided we are going to find a way to win this game without having to open up all of our playbook, then okay. Like, yep. I can I can see that. Because why would you open up everything against Fresno State? Uh, but I think that game was way closer than they anticipated it. So, uh, I, w- I will tell you, I did have a very good friend of mine who's a Mississippi State fan, getting back to that. Uh, we, we definitely spent that entire game um, workshopping who the next coach of Mississippi State's going to be. <laughs> 
he's already done with my boy Leach. I tried to talk him off the ledge. There was no talking him off the ledge. And uh, and we hashed it out and 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 we we're, we're hiring coaches already. So well, I can I can we'll understand see. it. I can understand. And then at the end of the game, he texts me and said, "Leach Leach is Leach is safe. We're he's, good. He's said, safe okay. for now. <laughs> he's safe for now." Uh, Corgi said it was Louisiana Tech being good. Mississippi State had a hundred yards and penalties, like four turnovers that were all careless mistakes. Players were not prepared, and I think a lot of that falls on the coaching staff. Uh, I yeah. do too. I yeah. do too. By the way, they they were not ready for that game. Like no, they, penal, they got, penal, penalties is you're either coaching them or allowing them to happen. You you got NC State coming up. You got uh, Memphis coming up after that. Like, so that that NC State game, I told you, I think this team is really good. I think this NC State team is going to be good. Yes, I, Mississippi State better be careful. Now, yes. the nice thing they do is after NC State and Memphis, they get LSU, and last year they dropped like 600 yards on us. So it could be pretty good because we apparently can't stop the the short passes, which is all each does. Yeah. No, you're you're not wrong about that. Uh, and we'll close out with this one. Actual upsets. Montana 13, Washington 7. Let's go ahead and, and hit that. Uh, Jimmy Lake and, and that bunch were not prepared for this game. Montana is not that good of an FCS team. And they went into Seattle and put it on the Huskies. Uh, Washington could get nothing done in this spot. I... I don't even know what to make of it because, like, I, I kept I, expecting All I know it. is all offseason, everyone told me, Washington is going to compete for the North. They're going to compete for the Pac-12. They're really good. And I said, why? Tell me why they're really good. And the only answer I got was, Jimmy Lake's a great coach. It's like, really? It, he it, He's not good he enough. a great coach? He's not good enough to keep Dylan Morris from throwing three interceptions in this game. Uh, Montana won this game with 105 yards passing and 3.7 yards per rush. They ran it 34 times for 127 yards. They they just didn't make the mistakes that that cost Washington. So I, I just I mean that was that was ridiculous. So we're not going to spend long on that. Uh Thursday night, UC Davis 19, Tulsa 17. We're not even going to get into the stats. Here's the bottom line and I said this in our in our team preview for SBR, right? Yep. Tulsa returned everybody except for Zayvon Collins and Zach Smith, the quarterback. And I have seen it happen before where your two leaders disappear and the rest of the team completely falls apart. Tulsa was good last year, but you lose your quarterback and you lose your quarterback of the defense and suddenly they cannot beat an FCS team at home. UC Davis, again, not that great. And by the way, you know who the coach of uh, UC Davis was? No, Dan Hawkins. You know, used to coach at Boise. Used to coach at yeah. Colorado. Like it's it's uh, this ain't in a murals. Like <laughs> so, uh, UC Davis gets that win on Thursday. Um, South Dakota State forty two, Colorado State twenty three. Steve Adazio got some problems. Now, I don't know how much to read from this because South Dakota State is and has been really good, and they were really good. I mean, they just won a national championship. In I was just about to say, like, four months ago, they won a national championship. Yeah. So, like, now I did expect this to be a little bit closer because three touchdowns is kind of insane. Yeah, but... getting your ass whipped is not. Losing to uh, an FCS national title team is not the black eye it used to be. Getting your ass whipped by them is different, though. Yes. You know, you're 100% right there. Uh, Northern Illinois, 22. Georgia Tech, 21. This is embarrassing. Because this is not what was supposed to happen this season in, in Jeff Collins's what, third year? Like, he was supposed to be building this now. They're supposed to be competing for bowl games. And I'm telling you, I still don't like Thomas Hammock. 
Uh, he, he made a great play call there at the end of the game by going for two to try and get the win because you knew going into overtime you ain't got the players to be able to compete with Georgia Tech. If you're in a spot and you can go for two at the end of the game to win 22-21, yeah, you got to take that. But good gracious, Georgia Tech, what are you doing? Uh, East Tennessee State, 23, Vanderbilt That's another three. team that you keep – that am, that Georgia Tech team, that's another team you keep telling me. They're going to be good. They – I just don't know where you're getting this information from. I thought that, I never said that they were going to be good. I did have the under on them for the season, but I I felt like because I trust Jeff Collins, I trust what he was able to build at Temple, and I I he thought, didn't build it at Temple. He took it over at Temple and didn't run it into the ground. Yeah, yeah, and that, maybe that's, that's the problem. That's is he's he got a job somewhere where you actually got to build something. Some people can build shit. Some people can take broken things and make them great. All right. That and some people can't. And some people can't. Some people can can run something that's stable and that's fine, not screw it up. But they're not architects. They're not builders. They're not planners. Well, the so so the Georgia Tech situation here, uh I, I was trying to figure out because Northern Iowa, Northern Iowa, Northern Illinois had Rocky Lombardi at quarterback. And he only had to throw the ball 17 times. He was 11 out of 17, 136 yards and two touchdowns in this game. I I wondered if maybe it was a look-ahead spot for Georgia Tech, but they got Kennesaw State coming up next week. Like, this was not – like, you're just not prepared. Like, you're, you're not – if you're only putting up 21 points against Northern Illinois, that is an issue. Like, that's a major issue. Uh, yep. What I, what I said before, Clark Lee debut at Vanderbilt – 23-3 to loss to East Tennessee State. I, I don't know... I don't know what to even do with this. I... Like, you can't... If you're an SEC team, you cannot lose by three touchdowns to East Tennessee State. East Tennessee State might be, like, the 15th best football team in the state of Tennessee. <laughs> it's entirely possible. I don't think they're as good as Austin P. I don't think no. they're as good as I mean like they're not as good as MTSU. They're not like I'm not kidding. Like there's a shitload of directional teams in in the state of Tennessee that are all little. Like I don't I don't think they're good as good as any of them. No, no, they're not. They are. They really just beat not. the hell out of Vanderbilt. I just I I don't I don't know what to make of this. I feel bad for Barton Simmons from two four seven Sports who who left that job to go be a coach or a, a general manager at Vanderbilt, but good gracious. Uh, Birdie said, Gary wanted to say thank you for your USC breakdown. Won three bets on that game. Awesome stuff. Hey, props to you. I also won uh, uh, several bets on that one as well. Uh, three games left. Nevada 22, Cal 17. Uh, Carson Strong, the quarterback for Nevada, is legit. And here's the deal. Cal's defense is really good, but Nevada, even without all the stud playmakers and all that kind of stuff, they have a generational talent at quarterback that they have never had. Jay Norvell is a hell of a coach, and yes. Nevada is going to be good this year. Yeah. Really good. No, and, and so we, I got this question on my on my Saturday live show beforehand. Everyone was wanting to know about Nevada and Cal because I didn't hit it the week the, the early in the week at all. And and I just told everybody, listen, I'm not betting against this Nevada team. I like Wilcox. I'm normally a a Cal defender with Wilcox there. I don't think offensively they can score on anybody. I don't know how good Nevada's defense is going to be, but they're going to look really good because this team makes scoring just look hard. Yes. Okay. Chase, hey, Chase and, Garbers, and by Nevada, the way. Nevada, Jay Norvell, and that quarterback, oh, yeah. they're going to be able to score even on a very good defensive cow. I said, I think Nevada could win this game straight up. You're laying points here. That's, I think that's insane. Carson I just Strong, think it's insane. Carson Strong, 22 out of 39, 312 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. 
Chase Garbers, who has been at Cal for what seems like uh, seven years. Forever. I mean, forever. This guy's got to have like advanced degrees. Yes. Um, Chase, well, so, maybe not. He could be a moron. I mean, I, I went to school for seven and a half years. Yeah, but you didn't go to Berkeley. I mean, if no, you're in school, at they Berkeley, would not allow me uh, in the visiting <laughs> shop on Berkeley. Okay. Chase Garbers, 25 out of 38 for 177 yards, one touchdown, one pick. That's inexcusable. Like, Nevada's defense ain't that good. So, it, it, this is a Cal thing. This is going to be a problem for them this year. Like, they have to find a way to score. They have got to be – because you're going to run into player, or teams that have players that can break the game open with one play, even against your good defense. And, and if you cannot play catch-up or anything like that, you are in major trouble. You gotta right, be able to score. I know we're going long, and I know we're probably gonna wrap up soon. We are. We we have to break out the most impressive team of all of Saturday, all of the first week of college football. We haven't even broke. We haven't talked about them. Ain't talked about them. Who? Okay. Who are you talking about? The Presbyterian Blue Hose gave up forty three points and still beat somebody by forty points. Hey, Kevin Kelly. Uh, how how many years until he is a P5 coach? Uh, I'm going to tell you this. That was the first name I gave my buddy at Mississippi State. I said, you know how much I love Mike Leach. We we have established that I want, I'm emotionally invested, I need this thing to work out with him. Yeah. If it don't, I will be the first guy to drive to Starville, pack his shit, and send it to Tampa. Okay, I'll yeah. send it to the Keys for him, and I will go drive to South Carolina, and I will move Kevin Kelly's stuff into Starville. Yeah. I think he's. I told you. I told you. I think this guy's going to change college football forever. It just. It's going to take one of these bad teams that is sick of losing, and some athletic director is going to have the nuts to say, "I'll give him a chance." Because what else do we have to lose? Look how much we get our ass kicked already. So, so what else do we have to lose? I'll bring him in, and as soon as he goes to a place like a Kansas or a Vanderbilt and gets those teams to to five and and, and, and seven, then then he has changed the game forever. All right, team stats for uh, Presbyterian. Had 35 first downs. They were four out of five on fourth down, seven out of 13 on third down. Had 814 yards of total offense, 621 yards of passing offense. Uh, held the ball for ten only... touchdowns by the quarterback. Yeah, ten, ten touchdowns. Oh, that's so that's Fucking the other one. Ten. Hefley was 38 out of 50, 538 yards and ten touchdowns. That's insane. That's insane. Ten. Ten uh, touchdowns. Corgi wanted to hit on Cincinnati. Cincinnati's for real. The only two TDs they gave up were garbage time TDs in the fourth quarter. That was uh, one of my best bets on the Bet US show. Was Cincy minus twenty three. Uh, that is a legit. T- Desmond Ritter probably looked like the best quarterback in the country on on yeah. Saturday, but he was playing against my, Miami of Ohio. So, oh yeah, you know. I, I'll tell you. Before the season started, I had to. You know, we talked Heisman guys and stuff like that. Yeah, everybody can have all the favorites. I'll take Desmond and I'll take Dylan Gabriel. I'll take both those guys and I'll ride those horses. I think those they're when the season's over with, they might not win it because they're little guys. But I would I would rather be holding a ticket for those two than some small dinky ticket that doesn't it's not worth anything on on one of these big favorites. Yes. Yes. Um Utah State twenty six, Washington State twenty three, Jarrett. Garantano started the game for Washington State, and I immediately put a bet in on Utah State to win this game. And I know that y'all, <laughs> I know that that sounds horrible and ridiculous. And and it wasn't Garantano that lost him the game. It mm-hmm. was Blake Anderson. Actually, is a good coach. The Arkansas State coach that took over Utah State. 
Um, yep. Brought his quarterback with him, brought yep. some defensive guys with him, and completely shifted how Utah State looks. Like, well, let, let Blake Anderson get a couple of those big, tall wide receivers that he always had at Wash- at, uh, at Arkansas. Arkansas State. Yeah. And, and teams that play them, especially out west and that division that they're in, that conference that they're in, aren't going to be used to the kind of size and speed with the offensive scheming that, that he brings. Yes. Yes, you're, you're exactly right. Exactly right. And finally, last one that I want to hit on. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a fan of UTSA this year. Uh, University of Texas at San Antonio. Sincere McCormick, 31 carries, 117 yards. Brennan Brady, 11 carries, 67 yards, two touchdowns. Frank Harris, the quarterback, eight carries, 32 yards, one touchdown. They ran 50 times on Illinois for 216 yards. Frank Harris, the quarterback, completed 20 out of 32 passes, 280 yards, one touchdown. And Illinois could not stop them. They couldn't do anything. And this is an indictment of Nebraska because UTSA kind of dominated them at the line of scrimmage. And Illinois dominated Nebraska at the line of scrimmage. Nebraska's in a whole mess of trouble. Whole mess of trouble. So, I, I don't remember if it was in our group chat, if I saw it on Twitter, or if I had so many people reach out to me this weekend. It's a lot of assholes making fun of my team losing. That's fine. <laughs> that happens. Fuck you. That happens. Um, but, like, but no, a lot of other people just talking and chatting and wanting to talk college football. We're just glad it's here. And um, someone in the ethos said this, and I can't get it out of my head after watching this game, and I, and I can't give credit for it. And and basically, the, the response was, is, you know, I watched a lot of that Illinois game because I liked Illinois in that game. And, uh, and I thought they were going to have some hype, you know, coming out 1-0 and, and, and all this stuff. And they said, UTSA does everything Nebraska does. They just do it better than Nebraska. Yes. And I thought, holy shit. These offenses are really similar. One worked and one didn't work at all. How is it that Illinois played two teams with the first two games and kind of the offensive game plan was a lot alike? Yeah. And one team was able to be successful, and it's the dinky-ass directional school from Texas. And the other team was not successful at all, and they're the big boy school in Nebraska. UTSA schedule lines up. They play Lamar next. They play Middle Tennessee after that, and then they play they kill at, those two teams. At, so I will be at the game at Memphis on yeah. September 25th. Uh, UNLV, then at Western Kentucky, Rice at Louisiana Tech. Like they they are set up, and I think that might be your next P5 head coach uh, outside of like Billy Napier and whatnot, like Luke Fickle, all those. Uh, but I don't know that Luke Fickle's going anywhere if Cincinnati's going to the to the Big Twelve, but. That's not well, here nor there. The, the, the biggest thing is, is yeah, Napier's had job offers and he hasn't taken any. I don't know what Napier's waiting on. He's I mean, wait, maybe he's, he's waiting, waiting on, on that bigger. LSU job to open up. Yeah, he's it waiting might, on a big one. It might come open soon. It, it really might. It really might. But that's that's what Napier's waiting on is a massive job. A Jeff Trailer, Jeff Trailer could absolutely – because remember, he was uh, an assistant coach at Arkansas and took this job and completely flipped it. Completely so, flipped it. So I, 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 said this, I said this on on the Saturday show as well. My my most favorite team that I'm going to watch a lot of games this year from the Big Ten. It's going to be Rutgers. Watch that. Oh, yeah. Watch what Greg Shiano is doing there. They're they're not going to win the Big Ten. They're not going to compete for the Big Ten. They're they're, they're not going to get blown out in a lot of football games though. They're going to be exciting to watch. This is a team. This is not a team like UCF that's going to be exciting to watch, and they're going to win almost all their games. This is a team that might probably going to have a losing record. 
but every game is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Oh, their offense with Sean Gleason, the offensive coordinator that came from, he was at Princeton, then went to Oklahoma State for a year, then came back that's home school, to Jersey. That's a school that said, we're not going to run a gimmick offense and everybody knows what trick we're doing, like, uh, you know, uh, an option style or something like that. We're just going to run trick plays all the time and you're not going to be able to predict anything we do. At I don't. All. I don't think this shows us how bad Temple is. I mean, sixty-one. To oh no! Is yeah, I think nasty. Temple's really bad. I but I Temple's also bad. think Rutgers is gonna be fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, Salt of the Earth said, "How many favorite teams do you have?" Uh, we we got a, a lot. lot. We're we're well, one hundred and thirty. So if I like like ten of them, you know, that's you know, we we're fans less than ten percent. We're fans of coaches and and certain players and I, all that. But I, I die do follow hard, coaches. Diehard fan. You are an LSU fan. I am an Alabama yeah. fan, and that's. That's just the way it goes. But we do but have coaches. We do have teams and coaches that we really like. So we will continue to to vouch for them. I'll be the continue. first to say this right now. I'm saying it today. I'd rather have Coach O than Billy Napier. Today. Mm. That's not like the next month or two. Just today. <laughs> just, today. Just right now. I'd rather have Coach O than Billy Napier. <laughs> I, I would vote the other way on that, but that's okay. I know okay. you would. That's okay. Um, <laughs> Corgi Small said, I think Syracuse Rutgers is an overweighting to happen. Uh, is there a world where Syracuse might not score that game? That's kind of where I was going with it. I, they just the, the, their pace I would, I'll play. tell you this. I'll have a team total on Rutgers over. How about that? I'll give you that just all make, day long. Just make sure and watch the uh, the Bet US show and the SBR shows. Just knock yeah. those things. I'll out. give you. I'll give you. I'll give you a Rutgers team total. I don't know that I'm playing full game totals when there's one side of that that I just don't trust at all. Yep. Uh, Modest Cowboy said, "Did you guys talk about the West Virginia Maryland game? We sure didn't, and that was a fun game." Uh, it, Talia, was a, it was an awesome game. I watched a lot of it. Yeah, Talia Tongavaloa. I, I did have it on one of my screens, so I was able to see the yeah. back and forth. Uh, it, Baby Tua like looked good. He looked good in this spot. Like it, I, I thought that West Virginia was going to be the better coach team, and I think that they were. But man, West Virginia. Yeah, they don't just, have the athletes. They, their their offense is so stuck in the mud. Like Jared well, Deggie is supposed to be better than this. I don't and, think it's their offense is stuck in the mud. I don't think they have the talent. I don't think they don't have the athleticism and the speed at the skill player position that Maryland has. Yeah. Now you're you're not wrong about that. You're recruiting West Virginia. They're recruiting the DMV. Okay. But I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a lot more talent athletic wise is coming out of the DMV. Yes. Like double that, triple that. Not wrong. Not wrong. Uh, we'll close with this. Salt of the Earth said, uh, burgers or tacos. Burgers. Uh, I like burgers too. And now I will eat a taco for sure. Well, for yeah, sure. you don't get this size being picky. Okay, no, I'll no. eat anything. But <laughs> hey, a taco is a little bit of work. I don't want to work. I just want to pick it up and want to shove it in my mouth. Exactly. But I do like a good like messy burger. I, I appreciate that. So um, let's see. Akbar said you guys hit on Georgia versus Clemson. Yeah, that was the first one we hit. It's the very first thing um, we hit. Birdie said uh, Baby Tua had a full off season with the same training and resource of Big Brother. Baby Tua takes a big step forward this year. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Hey, he got athletes mm, around him. There's a there's a world where West Virginia is not good. I love Neil Brown. Okay, I really like Neil Brown a lot. There's a there's a world where that's just not ready yet. So be yeah. careful. Yeah, we'll we'll be careful with that. But I, I do think he does take a little bit of a step forward this year. So maybe. All right, we're going to close this thing out. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Make sure we're not going to do this live every Sunday. It just depends on the schedule. We'll see how things are going. But uh, but for this week, because we've got a game coming up tonight. Because we've got, and by the way, go check our YouTube page to check out our, our Notre Dame-Florida State pick from Friday. But, uh, yeah, we are uh, we're ready to rock and roll, man. Football season is here. We are going to be doing recaps on the Monday shows going forward. We are going to be doing uh, 
picks on Tuesday for the NFL and uh, sorry Wednesday for the NFL and Friday for uh, college football and whatnot. Like we we're gonna have a lot of fun this year. This is a renaissance season, as Josh Pape from Two Four Seven would say, renaissance season in college football, and it was so good to see the fans back in the stands and enjoying themselves. And college game day, Lee Corso was back. Like this, I appreciate all of this. I will never take it for granted again. I I loved it. Chris, I, I know that your team lost, but did it feel good to see all of this back again? No, yeah, no, I enjoyed myself Saturday. It's fine. I, and I was, I, you know, I, I, I've literally been very open and honest about my emotional ride with this team before the season started. I, there were go-through moments where I had all the confidence in the world and thought we were going to beat the hell out of them. And then moments later, moments later, Something in my life changes, and I'm just terrified and thought we could get our ass whipped, and we did. And so this roller coaster that I'm on with this team is not going away. It's not changing. Look, we got we got two pay-for-wins that we should kick the shit out of, okay? Yeah. After that, we got Mississippi State, and I understand the laughing at Mississippi State right now. Listen, that is a game where I just want to come away with a win, all yes. right? I just want a win. Yes, I completely understand it. I'll tell you what I need. I'll tell you what I need. If O's going to be bad, I need him to be real bad, and I need Baylor to be dog shit, and then I need whoever we hire as a head coach says, you got to go get Aranda back, or you don't get to be the head coach. Yeah, I can see that. That's all I want in my life. I want Dave Aranda back on the sidelines of Tiger Stadium as my defensive coordinator. As a defensive coordinator, not the head coach, right? That's what I want. I want Lane Kiffin as a head coach. That's that's. Am I asking for too much? I, I mean, maybe, but I don't know. Hey, but we didn't even hit on the fact that Kiffin caught uh, uh, COVID and can't talk to COVID. Can't come and, and coach the game on Monday. In all Atlanta. right, so I got to ask: Do you think that affects the spread because it hasn't moved the line at all? I, I think that this offense under Jeff Lebby is still going to be insanely dynamic. Like the game planning and whatnot was already set in this spot, but I, I do think it should affect the line. Hey, can I tell you, like, my my walkthrough of the – I know we're trying to get out of here, no, but I want to tell you my logic for for why I'm afraid of this game now, okay? okay. A, I'm holding a ticket for the minus 10, nine and a half, 10, and, and, and so that scares me. But here's, here's my issue. Last year, a coach who is a bit of a gambler, a bit of an aggressive man in Sam Pittman, caught the COVID, couldn't coach on the sideline, and he gives – the head coaching duties for that game to Barry Odom, a defensive coach who has been very conservative throughout his entire life. And they get into a game and he's no longer going forward on big fourth downs. He's playing as close to the vest and as a conservative and vanilla, a same OCs calling the plays, but it doesn't matter at some point in time. Are we punting? Are we going for it? Are we doing this? We're doing that. And he, by the textbook, everything a conservative afraid coach would do. If DJ Durkin gets the nod to be the interim head coach in this game, I'm worried Ole Miss is going to do the same thing. If if you're one of these schools that what you do is put up a bunch of points and wreak chaos, if you ever back off the gas a little bit, I think you get destroyed. Destroyed. Yeah. And that worries me. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. I think it's going to be Levy, but – I mean, we'll see. We'll see. If it's Durkin, I'm worried that they're going to be real conservative, and I'm definitely not winning my 10. I can just throw that ticket away. Uh, I'm looking right now to see if they've actually named an interim coach. Um, right right now, I'm sitting one and three on my five bets. That's not good. USC's the only W I got. 
So I really see. need Ole Miss to come through for me. Um, I'm actually looking now. Let's see. I haven't I seen think. anybody get named. I have not either. Uh, the Rebels have not named an interim coach as of yet. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. So long as they let Lebby call the plays, I think they're going to be fine. But All right. you never know. You never know. He, right. he won't be the one responsible for going for it on fourth down. No, you got that right. You got that right. All right, fellas, uh, make sure and check out BetUS, where the game begins. They bring you the show each and every time you hear it. So go and check it out. There is a link in the description. The promo code NCAAF2021, 125% deposit bonus. And that's up to $2,500. It's sportsbook exclusive. So it's all for sports betting. Go ahead and check it out. I can vouch for BetUS. They are fantastic. I have a show with BetUS, the BetUS College Football Show. Make sure and subscribe to that. The link is in the description. Chris has a show with Sportsbook Review, sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. Make sure and subscribe to that. The link is also in the description there. It's right next to the BetUS one as well. Um, And make sure you go and check out winningcureseverything.com. Subscribe where you need to be subscribed. It's going to be a fun football season. We hope that you will continue to join us. We appreciate everybody that jumped in today. You guys were awesome. Chris, uh, let's dive out of here. I'm, I'm ready to go watch Notre Dame and Florida State. So with that said, yep. you fellas take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.